Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Steve Bloom, and you are listening to the GeekCast Radio Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cinema Geeks. I am one of your Cinema Geeks, Optimus Solo, and joining me for today's record is Ladies First Hard Candy Mandy. What up? Not too much. Movie Revolt Dan, how's it going? Good, good. How's it going? Not too bad over here. And Fridley Scent, how are you, Matt? I make a joke now about how I'm least lady because I'm last. I think I, <laughs> I, think I did that last record. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember that one. I do. New material. All right, so we are back at it, and today we're going to be going back into the world of our video game film series. So we've been covering all of the live-action feature films based on video games, and we are making our way again into the, the early 2000s with Resident Evil today. It's the 2002 film directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, Starring Mila Jovovich, Michelle Rodriguez, and a few other guys that I don't know, recognize the names from, but I'm sure somebody could tell me what shows they're in. And, of course, Resident Evil is based off of the game of the same name, and how we usually like to start these records is by getting everybody's history with the actual video games that these films are based off of. Like I said last time, from here on out, most of the time, I'm not going to know anything about the video game, so I'm really relying on at least, hopefully, one or two of you guys to fill me in. But uh, let's start with Matt this time. Matt, what is your history with the Resident Evil video game series? Oh, man. Um, Just playing it or everything? Anything about Resident Evil before you watch this movie for this record? So my first first experience with Resident Evil, I believe, was Resident Evil 2 on the PS1. Um, I had a fr- I, so I was I'm, I'm absolutely against horror movies. I don't like horror as a genre on anything. Movies. I mean, I'm not against it. Like I don't think it should be taken out of the you know pop culture. You go, you guys go ahead and enjoy what you want. I'm not interested. But I had a Clever. friend. <laughs> yeah, um, I had a friend who loved it. Um, and he's probably why I don't like it, because he was, like, watching horror movies when I, when we were, like, six, and I was like, you need to see this uh, Freddy Krueger, and that's not a good age <laughs> to be watching those. My uncle made me watch The Leprechaun when I was six. Maybe that's why I'm a little fucked up. <laughs> you know, you and I took two different paths uh, doing the same things at the same ages. <laughs> and uh, so I remember going to his house, and he rented Resident Evil 2, um, if I remember correctly, Resident Evil 2. It might have been one. 
but I remember the options being that the game was on two discs, and one you played the male character, and the other one you played the female character, and it was a slightly different story depending on which one you chose. And I remember that being a thing, because I remember him being like, let's play the guy, and I'm like, let's play the girl. And I don't know if, I think one disc didn't work. Like, maybe we tried the guy, like, an hour, and it froze, and we had to switch to the girl, something like that. I remember that being disappointment between one of us. So that's my earliest memory. And then, uh, like, Christmas, a couple years later, I went to buy it. Whatever one was on the N64, which was probably 2, but not called 2, because it was the first Resident Evil to ever be on the Nintendo system, because they did weird things with the Nintendo 64 and the numbering and everything. Um, and I bought it for Christmas, and my dad got upset. He's like, video games shouldn't cost $50, and he made me return it. <laughs> um, that was a thing. And then, zoom forward to, I don't know, uh, like, ten years ago, I played Resident Evil 4 for the GameCube, and it's amazing. Like, that game is great. That said, I only played it, um, I, I want to say couch co-op, but it wasn't co-op. It was just, I played it, and six other dudes around me told me what to do and yelled and screamed. It was great. It's a great party game in that respect. And then Resident Evil 5, which I'm, I'm told is the worst Resident Evil or the least Resident Evil-y, because it's more of an action game, less of a, a scary game. I have, with my best friend, played that all the way through at least once, maybe two or three times. Nice. So a lot of experience with the Resident Evil games. Amanda, I know you have experience with the Resident Evil film, which we'll get to in a little bit, but did you actually play the games when you were growing up? Um, no. I was a watcher in this, and uh, my cousins had it for the 64, I'm pretty sure, because they also were playing, like, Goldeneye and stuff at the same time. And um, I remember like you know like scenes of it and like the feel of it with the you know the creatures and I think they were like just Raccoon City it wasn't like they were in you know the same kind of setup as as the movie was Um, but it freaked me the fuck out so uh, I I was just content with watching and and cowering in the bunk beds while, while the boys went at it. That's actually my experience too I'd had one friend that was into these games and it seemed like every time I would go over to his house, that's what he would be playing when I got there. So then I would be forced to kind of like watch for 20, 30 minutes until he got to the stopping point or a save point before we would do something that I'd be interested in. Um, but all I could tell is that he was just running around and it just seemed like he was killing zombies or these freaky creatures like uh, like there was it never ended. Like you were just killing. No, because you could like run out of ammo and stuff. Like you could be fucked. But I mean, they never stop coming. It's like one of those games where they yeah, just continuously they reproduce game, yeah. and reproduce. So if you stand in the same spot, they're never gonna not come at you or something like that. Is from what I remember. So I was just, it wasn't my type of game. So I kind of watched from a distance and then waited for us to do something else. Dan, did you ever play any of the Resident Evil games? I have a like limited experience with the games. I uh, growing up, my friend's like older brother had them for the PlayStation One, and I would like occasionally play them, but I was way too impatient. Like I just wanted to like demo down the zombies, and I would like die instantly. Um, <laughs> and then I had Dreamcast, and I had it was I think it was Code Veronica, and I don't remember much of it except for like the opening sequence, which was this like in like five minute six minute long cutscene with this crazy like uh, action sequence involving a helicopter shooting out a building which I think actually that ended up happening in the second movie but um, but yeah so I, I had I had very limited experience they just weren't games that I was very good at because I just didn't have the uh, at, aptitude to do them I was just like no I just want to shoot things and you can't <laughs> do that with Resident Evil so all right, so what we normally like to do here at the beginning of our review here is kind of 
review the film based on if it's a good representation of the video game itself or not. And Matt, it sounds like you have the most experience actually playing this set of games. So let's start with you on this as well. How well do you think the 2002 Resident Evil feature film actually depicted or represented the games that you remember? So, um, tonally, I think they're, like, pretty spot on. Like, like it, it's kind of got a, a mixture of, of horror and, like, like you know, and action. Like, it's not just a straight, hey, we're running in terror for our lives, and it's not just a straight action shooter movie. They, like, it blended that. So, tonally, spot on. Um, I do know, even from my little knowledge, they have changed a number of things, um, like, small things here and there. But I think the biggest difference is the main character. Like, so there have been, what, six numbered Resident Evils, and then probably that many or more not numbered, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because you got Resident Evil 1 through 6, and then you got your Code Veronica as your, your like, Project Nemesis or whatever. Um, and among all of those, I don't think the characters from the movie, or the main character of the movie, is in any of the games. No, I, I think I read somewhere that they they did not use any characters from the games as far as their names or their like likenesses. I, I like I feel like there might be one or two characters that are like there are a number of characters hinted at from the games, but none right. of them um, are are directly pulled. So like there's that, but um, like Raccoon City is a, a major set point for a, a number of the games, and uh, obviously Umbrella Corp. Um, Seems like the same Umbrella Corp, same evil organization that runs like half of the world um, between the games. So I think, uh, as far as being a representation of the game, it's not a direct uh, taking of uh, the game into a movie, but it's probably one of the closest just general representation of something in the the movie universe or the game universe. Yeah, and, and from what uh, research I was able to do um, and, and what sites I could read up on a little bit, seems like that was a intentional decision by Paul W.S. Anderson. There was, to give a little bit of background of the movie, I guess, first, there was two different scripts and two different plans for this movie. The first one was penned by uh, George A. Romero, who did uh, Night of the Living Dead, I believe, uh, back in the 60s. And apparently his was much more game-based. Like, it had the characters, like, I believe um, one of the characters' names is Jill Valentine, which people that play the game would recognize that. Um, And I believe it had uh, even more than that. I think it had, like, you know, half a dozen of the characters from the games in there, and it was very much supposed to be uh, a movie version of the game. And I guess that did not get greeted with a positive response from the powers that be, so that's why we had eventually, uh, you know, years later where Paul W.S. Anderson takes over and basically a, a statement from him that he did not want to include any tie-ins with the video game series. Yeah, why so, would you want to do that? His quote is, underperforming movie tie-ins are too common and Resident Evil of all games deserved a good celluloid representation. That doesn't make sense, right? I, I'm like, having trouble. I read that statement like four times trying to figure out what that meant. It's It's like... Like, I wanted to do a good video game movie, so I decided not to include any video games in my video game movie. 
<laughs> yeah, it seems like he's like trying to go as far away from including actual tie-ins to the video game, but then somehow still make a movie that has the feel and the and look of the said video game. But it, it does strike me as weird with a video game series like that that does have specific named characters that you play either in one game or in multiple games. Why you wouldn't include one of those as your main star seems a bit odd to me. But you said it does as far as the tone and the atmosphere for you depict the game in a in a accurate manner. Dan or Amanda, what do you guys think of the depiction of the movie as far as what you remember from watching the video game? I feel like it does have a definite video game feel, especially like the opening scene. I think that it really sets the stage for like Umbrella and like the corporation that you're gonna be dealing with and you know, kind of sets up the the tone, and I think that's definitely something you know straight out of a video game. That's that's something that you would see in a video game. You're getting your plot, you're getting your story, and your setup, so you can gear up and you know get into it. You know what I mean? So I think that the feel of it definitely had a video game type feel, and I think this definitely was heavy on like the jump scares and like the thriller and like the gore and stuff, which definitely is a big part of the video game too. And for him saying that there that he didn't necessarily want any movie tie-ins, there it's you can't mistake that there is actual movie tie-ins there like we talked about with names of the places like Raccoon City um, and I you know there's there's different objects or artifacts throughout the film that do pay homage to one game or the other. So the, the tie-ins are there if you're looking for them and if you're a big fan of the video game series. Dan, what do you think as far as what you remember from the game? And then as you watched the film, did it feel like uh, it was taking you back to the time when you were playing and watching the game, or was it something completely different? I guess for me, you know, I always felt when I was playing or watching people play, play the game, it felt more, like, scarier. Like, it, it you know, I... I, I I never, maybe because I was younger, but and I'm watching this now. I never felt, never felt like you know, scary at all. I never really got that atmosphere. It, in a way, felt more like it fell on the action side rather than the horror side. Yeah, there were like attempts to be, you know, to have those horror elements, and it was there. But I guess the, the blending of it, it felt like it fell more on the end of of, of an action film for me here and just because i just remember playing the game and being like paranoid that maybe just the the, your the experience of being in control of not knowing what's coming around the corner um but i i thought the overall like peripheral things like they're mentioning like the the umbrella corporation to like those things do seem to be more in line and especially when like watching this and knowing the movies that come after it's far more in in line with the actual games than like the sequels which go way 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 on their own uh journey and own kind of they become nothing like the the actual video game so um compared to those it's much better but overall just it, it didn't really have the same feeling for me okay Anybody else as far as comments on its representation of the game or things that you noticed within the movie that you remembered from the game or things that struck you as odd or anything like that? Um, I, I think, like, the like the SWAT team gear and all that stuff, I think that was also something that really pulled me into, like, video game mode when I was watching this. And I don't remember the characters, like, having SWAT team, you know, type tactical gear, but I, I think that seeing stuff like that and like their little schematics that they would pull up and like the data and and like the maps and things it, it definitely pulled me into the, the video game world 
Anybody else? Uh, if it means anything, uh, the characters from the game start appearing in pretty much the next movie on. And, and funny fact, uh, the next movie, ha- written by Paul W.S. Anderson, but not directed by him somehow, um, the numbers the two build characters, Jill Valentine, from the games. So I guess he kind of got over that after the first one. <laughs> then he decided that it was no big deal, apparently. Yeah. Need to start adding those characters, you know. Uh, gotta add Claire Redfield, gotta add Wesker, gotta add Jill Valentine. Interesting. Ada I Wong. Feel, I, I do feel like this with, like, just the, the way they use the map and stuff like that, that did feel very much like a, a video game, the way, like, it uh, would, like, go on the screen, and it almost felt like it was, like, taking you down to the, the level of the game, and, like, just the way it would, uh, was formatted, so... That that did feel very much in line with the actual game itself. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. So let's transition then into just the film itself and, and what our experience was watching this uh, in anticipation for this record, regardless of if it works or doesn't work for you as a video game representation. Just what did you think of the film overall? We'll start with Amanda because I believe, Amanda, you've probably seen this film more times than anybody else. I think you said that you're probably in the realm of somewhere between five and seven times that you've probably seen this film since it came out in 2002. So what was your reaction this time through as you watched this? And, and, and do you like the film? Don't like the film? Give us your thoughts. I definitely like the film. I think the first time I watched it, it was super intense. I was fucking terrified. And that, that's what kept pulling me back in was it really does a lot of stuff that I like in movies. I mean, gunfights, scary shit. I love, like, the, the jump scare, scare tactic, I, I fall for that every freaking time. And, you know, the gore, the, um, just, the, like, the zombie factor, too, and the creatures and stuff, I think that it had a lot of stuff that I liked, so I've revisited a lot, and it has some of the most memorable, memorable like, scenes that I think stick with me, like those freaking dogs, with the, like, their skin all torn off, and that hallway scene with the lasers, and there's a lot of terrifying stuff in here. Like, even in that lockdown sequence, the first, you know, w- when we're in uh, the hive and you see the actual lockdown happen, there's a lot of crazy awesome stuff in happening in there. And it's it's super scary to think about being in that situation. And it's super scary when it's all done and people are going back in to see now what has happened. And I think that if you just like video games, I think that you have the potential to to like this movie, whether you have a tie to Resident Evil or not. Uh, maybe not if you're like Matt and don't like horror movies, but I think that it, it definitely has, like we talked about, the video game feel, so you can get drawn in, in with that in that crowd, but I, as a movie, I had fun with it. I mean, there's definitely some cheese. Some of the graphics are in the CG is super fucking awful, but that's probably looking at it now. I, don't, I think it was much scarier back then. But um, overall, I just, I really enjoyed it. Well, I think even when it came out, one of the biggest uh, reactions from a critical standpoint was that the the uh, special effects and the visuals were not up to par, even for 2002. So I think you are on in line with, with saying that it didn't necessarily look good at times from a visual standpoint. Uh, Matt, what did you feel about the film? What was your initial take? Um... As I think we've all said enough times, it's not my uh, it's not my genre I go for, um, and uh, I don't like it, it's not bad. 
Like, it's not a terrible movie. Um, like, I, I was, I was, uh, you know, it's a, it's another video game adaptation, so I had, you know, some hesitancy there, and it was uh, a horror action movie, so I had some hesitancy, um, see there. But it wasn't like I was sitting there cringing or being very upset. I mean, like, most of my complaints are, are nitpicky, not major, massive complaints. So that's my initial take on this. What about you, Dan? Initial positive or negative take when you first watched it? I'm really mixed on it, to be honest. Like, there were things, there are pieces that I think are interesting and work well. Like Amanda mentioned, the, the zombie dog zoo looked pretty kick-ass, but... For me, it, it, it's in a way, it's really weird watching this and having seen going back to this after seeing the sequels, and it's almost hard watching it just because it is so vastly different to what it becomes later on. Like it becomes this like pseudo like superhero movie by the whatever the last one was. Like it's really crazy and uh, with clones and, and it's insane. And this was really much more down to earth. In a way, like yeah, there's, you know, I mean, a down there zombie movie, but still, um, it. So it's, it, it's just weird to seeing like. Exactly, which was like, yeah, uh, it was basically Cube meets you know, uh, Dawn of the Dead, um, but I guess like I guess what kind of always took me out of it, it felt like a movie that was like had so much somewhat of an identity crisis. It's really hard to kind of mix the action horror elements into one and I make it so that the action doesn't kind of circumvent the horror from getting established and I felt that kind of happened in times where there were opportunities for it to kind of become scary or kind of have that terror aspect of it but then it kind of shifted into action movie mode and it just it's hard for me to like kind of get in that mindset I would for a horror film when you kind of turn into an action movie in pieces. So, and it, you definitely feel like how much the matrix has impacted movies going back to this video game retrospective, not just with this, but with a lot and some of the sequences, but um, like, like Matt said, I don't think it's a terrible movie. I think we've seen like it, there are like the craftsmanship is there. It just, it just like some of the choices here and there, like if, if West W.S. Anderson was a better director, I think this would have been a, a better film. It just needed, I think, um, like someone who was able to match those tones a little bit better. Uh, but the, you know, there were some fun things like the, the lasers, the laser tunnel thing is pretty kick-ass. That's a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, I like, but yeah, I don't know. That's pretty much mine. I like mixed, 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 you know, overall, I, Compared, compared. Yeah, spoiler to, alert, like, the stepdad from Arrow got cut the fuck up in a super cool way. <laughs> That's who that guy was. I kept forgetting who he was. <laughs> yeah. But I think that it would kind of take you out of it when the action would hit, you know, the gunfire, and they are just, like, keep shooting and shooting and shooting and nothing is really happening. And then it would make some funny comment or something, or there'd be some, like, weird flashback. But I like the, the thriller aspect of it, too. You, it's kind of like that whodunit kind of thing. Like, you really don't know all the details. You're trying to piece it together. It could be anything. And I thought that element was kind of cool. But that's just one more thing that they threw in there. You know what I mean? Like, there was a lot of stuff going on. And I think that there was, like Dan said, some, some times that they could have really capitalized on the scary stuff. And they took it 
you know, to a different level. Like with the the experiments with the DNA and stuff, they really didn't need to kick it up to that. You know what I mean? They didn't need that cheesy looking rabid bunny that they shot up with the T virus. <laughs> they could have just kept it with all these you know, like zombies down there. You know what I mean? Like that would have been fine. You didn't need all these weird things in cages down there. Like you didn't need to step it up another notch. Like the T virus is already pretty fucking bad and these people and becoming zombies and shit. And I think that it um, it was like, oh shit, now the action's really going to start. But then half the crew got killed in one fucking little scene. And they could have dragged it out a lot more at the zombie killings with the, you know, the whole crew. Instead of cutting their team in half right away with the little hallway scene. And then throwing in this stupid experiment that they really didn't need. So if they would have just capitalized on, you know, picking these guys off a little bit more slowly maybe. And, and veered away from, from that other aspect. I think it would have been a little bit more solid. There are... There... Um, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I've I've already listened to one review about this. It was, I listened to it like two months ago, maybe. Um, and, and actually, that was like the big complaint was like, why give us a massive cast of characters and then immediately just kill off half or more of them three minutes later? It's like, why bother giving us so many? Why not, you know, do something with them? It's just like here's a bunch of people. Oh no, now they're gone. Right. And I think the I think they could have killed off a couple of the ones that we hadn't really got to know yet too much. But I think it was a mistake killing off. Um, the, kind of the, the the head of the group there right away because he was actually turning into somewhat of an interesting character and you're gonna kind of see the relationship between him and, and these different you know his troops slash these prisoners slash these people that don't have their memory back and I wasn't ready for him. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Him to be killed quite at that point. I think it could have, uh, he could have lasted a little bit longer and it might have added to some of the, the character depth to some of them, maybe. But Also, how do those lasers work? Because they, like, cut through his clothes and cut his clothes up, but they don't destroy the bag full of explosives or whatever that are sitting right next to him, even though it's a massive web of things. Like... <laughs> Stop thinking too hard. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, Dan, you were going to say something. I was going to say, like, it is a movie, like, there are so many, like, random things going on with it, though, right? Because you have the zombie aspect of it. You have, like, this kind of technology computer gone mad, or possibly is it really their save us aspect of it? You have the team dynamic and, uh, you know, the individual who ends up turning evil or at the end. So there, there, there's, like, a lot going on, and I think maybe that's kind of the problem with it. It does feel like a hodgepodge of, like other influences on other films and it you know it, it doesn't necessarily feel like it you know has its own identity even you know even being a video game movie still it, it seems like it's just kind of picking in pieces here and there from everything else and just trying to make it into its own thing minus like a few key scenes you know zombie yeah. dogs is kind of the you know what you know the, the thing it has going for it but I think that, and I think because it's trying to do so many different things, I'll get my thoughts in general in a second here, but because it's doing so many different things, it almost comes off as if it's like the flipping of a light switch every time we go from one thing to another. Like, some of the tonal changes or, you know, the, even the plot 
twist or whatever. It just seems like all of a sudden a light switch was flipped and now we're going to go that direction or now we're going to go back that direction, which which makes it harder for you to stay, kind of stay with the, the mode or the mood, I guess, of the film. But if, if I'm just looking at this film as kind of just and give my general thoughts here, if I'm staying in this series that we've been doing and just looking at all the video game films that we've covered so far, for me, this is the best one we've seen. Um, I... Because it just feels more, even though it does have a, some of those kind of jarring switches in tone, it, it felt like there wasn't moments that were just making me outwardly angry about the film, uh, even though I might not have picked up on some of the horror vibes or all of a sudden it's going from horror to action, et cetera, et cetera. I still was able to follow the film for the most part, and it didn't... It didn't have moments like we had with Tomb Raider, where it's just like your the character motivations make absolutely no sense for the almost entirety of that film. Whereas at least here, I can kind of understand the predicament they're in, and then what they're doing, and what the motivation is to try to uh, get out, or or for the machine trying to keep them in, etc. So I kind of get that for the first like twenty to thirty minutes, I almost got to feel like it was the like the director was trying to make a video game related version of like predator or alien or something like that like it had that type of feel to me like we're in this situation in unfamiliar territory something's happened we got to try to figure it out and now we have some type of um you know alien or in this case zombie type of um people or things coming after us and we got to find a way out like it's not done as well as predator or alien is done but it's to me it's like the video game version of that it seemed like he was going for so i was kind of in for that because i'm not like a horror horror fan but i am a fan of these types of this kind of subgenre of, of horror i guess if you want to put it that way so i enjoyed the film overall more than i ever expected to i if you were to tell me through the first uh, however many six or seven films we've done so far that resident evil was going to be the one i had the most fun with i would not have believed you but so far as far as an actual movie i think this is the best we've gotten um so that's kind of my initial thoughts amanda any uh, specific notes that you want to kind of get into as as you were jotting down things as you watched it? Besides Michelle Rodriguez at her fucking best here, let's put that out <laughs> that's, there. That's, Doing that's, her thing, I dug it. That was her then. She was killing it. For <laughs> then, has she really changed her character then? <laughs> she doesn't have any characters now. She's still Letty in Fast and the Furious, but she's she's still different. This was her back in the day, like girl fight. She was Michelle Rodriguez at her best is like equivalent to what? <laughs> Dude, did you see SWAT? She was killing it, bro. Like she's Tommy Wiseau at his second best. <laughs> I I uh I mean I did have fun with this. If you want to nitpick it apart, there's a ton of things that you know we could focus on, but I, I really would have enjoyed it a little bit more, probably a lot more, if they would have just been like, yo, these precautions have taken you know effect. These doors are going to be locked if we're not out of here in an hour. we got these zombie people down here. We're trying to figure out what happened and fight our way out. We didn't need all this extra experiments and changing with the DNA, and he's consumed something, and now he's going to get bigger and different. It's a bunny rabbit. You injected him. That was horrible of you. Now look what happened. Speaking of, you brought nitpicks, and so I just got to get some of them off my chest here so we can move on and not uh, pick it apart too much, I guess. But when you have just come out of your, like, 
coma or your state of unconsciousness and you have no memory and uh, a group of like these SWAT guys are taking you into this area how comfortable are you just following them in like your pajamas with no guns and literally not asking many questions like she's disoriented but you guys are clearly going into somewhere that's dangerous and I'm just walking barefoot and nothing in my hand. She had boots on. Okay, boots and she had on. a dress that, she, that was laid out. I'm just going to be like, I'm going to stay here and wait for you guys or give me something because I'm not just going to walk into these weird areas unprepared and unarmed. So that was weird to me that they were just completely okay with that. Well, then they had to throw the thing in like, it was my sister. Like, that was another thing that they threw in there. Yeah. Um, and then if, if we've been put against this hell... Um, replica this machine that's going to be trying to at this point we don't know we assume it's it's killed everybody and it's malfunctioned and and it's our enemy and it's clearly watching you through all these other cameras why is nobody destroying the cameras that are watching them as they walk through this build walk through these um hallways and rooms and stuff like that like that's the only way that this machine can see what's happening so why would you not destroy the security cameras on your way through that was bugging me. Um, but uh, those were probably my, my two biggest nitpicks outside of the fact that I guess the main crux there with the with the twist from the one character turning from a part of the group to, to be in this evil, I started it all because I'm greedy and, and want to make a bunch of money type guy. I don't understand. I, I get if that's what his initial personality was and that's what his motivations were, but from the time he's got knocked out and he's lost all his memory... And now you've gone through all these trials with this group of people and you've kind of formed these bonds and you've been in survival mode. So if you all of a sudden get your memory back that, oh, yeah, originally this is what my goal was, I don't buy the fact that you immediately jump back right into that same personality. He didn't really form a bond with them. He didn't give a fuck about those people. Yeah, but it just seems odd that, that you're going to be going through all this and then all of a sudden be like, oh, wait, I remember I'm supposed to be the, the guy that's taking this and making money off of it. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to be that guy again. Like it, I didn't buy that as far as the twist goes. So that was probably my biggest fault with the film is it just, to me, is not a natural way of, of how you would act. But what about you guys? What are some of the other parts, either good or bad, that you wanted to pick out if we're looking into the movie in a little bit more in-depth in matter, Dan? It, it does load on a lot of exposition at, throughout the movie. Like, it spends a lot of time for a lot that's... I guess all, all, you know, not all that complicated. You do get a lot of backstory and uh, almost unnecessarily at times. Uh, um, so, so, so that was kind of uh, one, one of my drawbacks. But, you know, I think it's kind of its, it's worst sin besides the awful bunny monster CGI. <laughs> uh, it's, it's probably just like being cliche, which is, you know, compared to what came before, not that bad of a sin to have, you know, it like, you know, the, the, the characters weren't great, but I did think I did like Mila Jovovich. I do think she has personality. And um, d- d- despite maybe what the script gave her, I think, you know, she, she does have a presence to her that many of the other actors didn't. And I agree with you, Kevin, they got they, like the leader of the army that killed way too early. I thought it, that was kind of sad because he, he was one of the, one of the better characters or seemed to be. Um, right. I think that's kind of the, the, the other aspect of it that would have made it a, a little bit stronger if some of the the characters were were better rounded or at least more interesting. Ma- mostly the male characters, they all seemed really dull and uh, lacked any any form of charisma. 
Um, even like I'm, I'm like fun of Michelle Rodriguez, but at least she had a personality and had presence. But many of the other actors did not. And that's one of the things that separates it from like an alien or a predator film or something like that, because in those films, the directors are, um, are keen enough or experienced enough or know their craft enough to kind of make you care about the different people, or at least tell you what each one of their personalities is and kind of give you some insight to that. So like, it's not just, Hey, random guy on the side just got killed that I don't know what his name was or what his motivations were. So I think that's probably one of the biggest weaknesses of this film is it doesn't really get you into any of those characters outside of, like you said, a couple seemingly the, the female characters. Matt, anything on your end that you wanted to bring up as far as things you liked or didn't like as far as the details go? Uh, I already mentioned the fact that the lasers didn't cut the bag. <laughs> that was the one thing that would stop the computer, and it was the computer doing the lasers. Um, that's really, That was really the one thing that bothered me, honestly. Like, as far as I can remember, that stuck with me, you know, more than a week later after watching it. Like, that was the one that really bugged me. Like, I don't... I, I think, like, in my, at least it, to me... Um, when the guy does the the heel turn at the end, I think there might have been a, a moment of like, oh, she's going to know, and my memory came back first, but he doesn't know that her memory actually came back first. <laughs> um, and so I need to, I need to nip this now before she punches me in the back of the head. Yeah, I could I could, I could kind of buy that. I guess if that's the angle they were going for, it, it still seemed a little bit weird of a of a motivation, but I I, I can see where you're going with on that. I think my my favorite scene in the whole film, or my favorite uh, moment, is when she does the the jump kick to the dog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you don't have fun with that, I don't know uh, what what you were looking for in a video game film. But uh, as far as some notes and some trivia, I guess uh, she actually did all of her stunts except for. Um, one of the pipe jumps in the sewers. Otherwise, she did every single one of her stunts, and all the bruises and cuts that you see on her throughout the movie are all real. None of it's makeup. So that's actually stuff that happened to her as she was going through the the set. And apparently, she's dangerous to be around because she hurt at least two to three cast members, including punching the director in the face at one point accidentally. I don't know. Well, that doesn't Who's... matter. They get married. <laughs> they do get married, yes. But, uh, yeah, apparently she uppercuts her, her backhands or something and, and gave him a black eye during the filming. So uh, I give her credit for, for doing a lot of the stuff herself there. Um, another note here, originally the movie was going to be called Resident Evil Ground Zero, but they pulled that after 9-11 because they didn't want kind of the connotations of, of that to be out in the people's minds um and they actually had trained dancers to be the zombies because they figured a, an actual professional dancer would be more in tune with their body and make it move in a more natural way but then they also gave the dancers the direction of just move however you think a zombie would move so <laughs> that's why you get zombies moving in all different ways throughout the film some look completely like they don't have control of their arms and some are going different ways but then I guess they also underestimated how many people they would need and they didn't have enough dancers for the number of zombies they needed so they had everybody that was available basically stood in as extra zombies including um, stunt coordinators uh, the producers um, and, and some of the bigwigs like, just jumped in to be part of the cast because they needed more bodies for zombies um, I think even they, they said so even, if, uh, go ahead 
So if all these zombies are, are dancers, I can only assume there's a video of them someplace, like <laughs> dancing the thriller or something like that. That's how right. it happened on the screen. I would assume well, like that's something they would have to do. Other another musical, I guess, interesting thing is that the composers of the film included Marilyn Manson. Um, I think there was three of them that helped do the music, and one of them was Marilyn Manson um, because they wanted to to have a little bit more of a edgy metal like feel to it. I guess I don't know what the reasoning was, but I actually liked the score for it. I thought the sound effects and the and the music were fit the type of movie that it was going for, so I, I think it worked for the most part. Um, if you don't recognize Paul W.S. Anderson, I, I just feel the need to bring it up since he has, uh, we've talked about him before. He's also the director that did Mortal Kombat that we talked about. He did the Alien vs. Predator film, uh, Death Race, Event Horizon, and uh, most recently Pompeii. So he's just got a, star, uh, you know, a, a catalog to be jealous of. Um, he is the person that U.A. Bull wishes he was. <laughs> Apparently, they also reused some of the set pieces from Enemy at the Gates, which was filmed just a year earlier uh, in Germany and some of the same places that they shot some of this film. So I guess they reused some of the sets for that. The official body count for the film is 88, 88 people killed. And apparently there is supposed to be a whole bunch of tie-ins to Alice in Wonderland if you are wanting to really rewatch the film and look for it. Apparently, they are all over the place. As far as Alice being the main character's name, the Red Queen being the the main antagonist at one point, and apparently there's a, a Alice in Wonderland paperweight somewhere in the film, and I guess it goes on and on as far as the different connections there. So the crazy bunny, you know? Yes, exactly, bunnies and, and all kinds of stuff. So <laughs> apparently there's a you can look on the internet and find all the different connections and look for them if you want to go down that fan theory or whoever originally came up with that. Amanda, what else do you want to say about Resident Evil? Give us your final thoughts, anything that you haven't been able to say yet, and what kind of score are you going to give our latest video game film? You know, it's a hard one. I really didn't think about what kind of score I would give this ahead of time. Uh, man, it's, that's a difficult one. I think I, I've discussed everything that I, I want to get out of it. Um but I think it's definitely one of the most fun in the series that have come out. I think they do get more and more ridiculous, all these stupid fucking clones. How many times are you going to bring people back that are dead uh, because you had 800 clones of them? Um, I think Mila Jovovich definitely fits the fits the bill here. I think she does a really good job. And, of course, you know she had to be doing something if they kept her around for 20 of these fucking movies, however so many there are. So I think as far as a grade goes... Uh, I think I'm going to give it... I'll give it a 7. Alright, 7 out of 10 for Hard Candy Mandy on Resident Evil. Matt, I'll let you go next. I think she keeps around because uh, her husband does them all. <laughs> <laughs> Which is weird to think about. In the first one, she was like 26 when they did it, or 24 when they did it, and this most recent one, she's 40. What the hell? Because they've been doing them since like 2002. Hmm. Um, you gotta think, like, that's, you know, 15 years, roughly. True that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, it's, it, it's not terrible, it, but also it's not memorable. Honestly, I, I think if you ask me in a month from now, like, hey, what do you remember from Resident Evil? I'll be like, well, there's this one time, there's this laser room, and a guy jumps, and the laser jumps with him. And that's gonna be about it. That's, that's like the complete opposite for me. I remember everything about this movie. 
you've also seen it a half dozen times. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's things there's movies that I've watched a hundred times that I'm like, oh man, this it's not as memorable as this is, and there's a lot of things that stick out, and I don't. I don't know how you could walk away from this and not be at least disturbed enough to remember some of this shit. I'm going to remember that there was a bad computer, the laser room, and the jump kick to the dunk, and I think that's probably all I'd remember from it, uh, you know, in a couple years from now when it's not so fresh in my memory. I I didn't give the actual critical reaction to the film, though. On Rotten Tomatoes, it did get a 33% uh, from the critics and a 68% from the fans, Roger Ebert has it on his had it on his most hated films list, and that came out in 2005. But on the flip side of that, James Cameron uh, apparently calls this his biggest guilty pleasure film. So across the board with the critical reaction, Dan, do you know how it did at the box office? Any guesses? Considering they made like 8,000 of these, I'm assuming at least decently well. Uh, I don't know, maybe like overall like 90,000, or not 90,000, jeez. <laughs> uh, 90 million, maybe? Oh, not quite. Uh, it had a $33 million budget, and it made 40 domestically, and it made 100 and something if you take worldwide. Really? It did, yeah, it did make its budget back. It's currently rated as the 16th best or highest grossing video game film, so 16th on that list. But it is the lowest of all of the franchise films. Every film in the franchise has made more money than the one before it. So the original Resident Evil made 40, the next one made 42, then the next one 50, 51, and then the latest, the last one that came out made 60. So each film has actually made more money than the one before it somehow, even though you guys, like you've said, it seems like it gets crazier and crazier. It must be a fan base that continues to build. People are just getting stupider and stupider. <laughs> Dan, what other final thoughts did you have, and what score would you give this one? Like, like I said, it's crazy seeing like where this franchise started and where it is now because it's so morphed into something different. And I do, I guess, like I think this is probably better made than the sequels that come after it. But I somewhat enjoy the sequels a little bit more. Um, some of them, I think the next one, which kind of gets above ground in the city, is probably my favorite one of the franchise. And then the one in the desert, and then it gets kind of crazy when it's like, uh, like the last one was just really, really bad. Um, the fucking but, birds are like infected and stuff. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. I just remember it was like all. It, it kind of went back and it was all underground again, but it was. It, it gets to the point where like the world's basically over, so you're like, why does this even matter anymore? Everyone's <laughs> a zombie, so like, why do I? But whatever. Um, for, so so this is it's fine. It's like I said, it's nothing like egregious overly like besides a few like cgi things over here over there um here and there she's um besides that nothing is really like awful like plainly awful um, there's things that are that are i think uh, could have been done better or you know just some common errors but it's not like i was uh you know pulling my hair out with how bad it is which we'll get to shortly uh, when we talk <laughs> about future films but not this. Uh, and even looking back at past films, I don't know if I would say it's the best one we've gotten so far. I, I still think I I like Mortal Kombat slightly more, but that may be more nostalgia than anything. That's that's making me think that. But uh, for an overall score, I think I would give it a six out of ten. And I'm going to be right there in the same 
ballpark that you guys are at. I'm looking right at the six range, six and a half, somewhere in that range, maybe even up to a seven if I was feeling real generous. But I just think it, it works better as a film than some of these other uh, ones that we've talked about do. I, I also have this in Mortal Kombat towards the top. I think this is way better than Tomb Raider, which I did not expect. I expected to like Tomb Raider more than Resident Evil. And... Uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, overall, I was I was happy with my experience because I did not have high expectations and I enjoyed the whole film. Uh, I'd probably be interested in watching. I haven't seen any of the sequels, but I'd probably be interested in at least watching one of them. Um, I don't know how long I would stick with the franchise, but uh, I think it was a, a decent film for what we've been going through in this video game franchise series. And Dan, you kind of alluded to what's coming up next. Uh, we're about to go into a, a different path here. I guess stay somewhat in the horror genre, but going in a little bit, a little bit different subgenre of the horror films. And we're going to be getting into House of the Dead, and then a couple other scary and spooky films. I think are, are right around the corner that I have no idea what they're about. But from what you're saying, it's not something that that uh, we're going to be looking forward to. Yeah, remember I said uh, you, uh, W.S. Anderson is the person U.A. Bull wishes he was? Well, we're going to be getting into his movies. So, so yeah. it's, it's U.A. Bull time coming up, so be yeah, scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, feel bad for us because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a journey. If this if this was getting a generally positive review from us, I, I, I don't know if we get any more films the rest of the way that I'm going to like or if it's just going to be crashed and burning the rest of the way as we kind of plummet down to the depths of video game hell. I remember liking House of the Dead when I saw it, but I think I was like 12, 13 maybe. So. We'll have to see what happens when, when you rewatch it. So that's going to be it for this week's episode. We hope you guys have been following the video game film franchise series. If you haven't, go back and listen to those and let us know what you think so far. We've done quite a few films going all the way back into the early uh, or the late 80s there, with uh, or the early 90s with Super Mario Brothers and on, on all the way up through Resident Evil. So let us know what you've been thinking about the different films and, and what's been your favorite one up to this point. If you want to comment on the episode, go to geekcastradio.com. Com. Just find the episode post there and you can comment there. If you want to directly interact with us, there's also a great way to do that, and that is by tweeting to us. And all you need to do is put in our handle. Amanda, your Twitter handle is? Hard Candy Mandy, eyes, no wise. Mine is at Optimus Solo. Dan, yours is? I'm at Movie Revolts. Matt, yours is? I'm at Fridley Sat. Or you can tweet to the show in general, and that is at Cinema Geek Cast. Also, we feel free to go to iTunes and leave us a review there or interact with us any other way that you want to. So that does it for us for this week. Be sure to tune in next week for another chance to listen to the Cinema Geek. <laughs>